Welcome to Desire and Brethren Podcast. I am Tanner Hoffs. I am David Short. And I am Jackson O'Brien. And we are about to bring you something very special. Has never happened on the podcast before. Any guesses? Then again, not a lot of things have happened on the podcast before. <laughs> oh, I have an idea, but I'm not going to spoil it. So I want you to do it, Tanner. It's a true brethren. Yes, yes. yes. <laughs> Our first true brethren guest. I guess so. Here with us this evening. Hi, my name is Trevor Buttery, and I'm a white male brethren. (laughs) (laughs) Why do we have Trevor on today? Well, another first, Trevor is not someone who has complimented or bribed his way onto the podcast. Uh... I don't think that's happened yet. No, I just uh, harassed you and harassed you with emails, and you never, like, responded to one. (laughs) So, Jack, uh, I mean, uh, what's your face? Trevor. Trevor. (laughs) Our esteemed guest. Yes. Uh, What what do you think so far? Like, why why all the emails? Um, You asked for them. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I spent a lot of my... You guys were always a few years older than me. Always. Um, And you guys were like a lot of the guys that I went to with questions and stuff. When I was like too scared to ask like an actual older person that could give me a great answer. Huh. And uh, it's kind of just melded great into the podcast where I just email you in. But you've been emailing like not even like a pleasant amount of time. But, <laughs> <laughs> but like, please stop. My spamming filters aren't able to block you in the way I hope. I have 15 legitimate questions. Well, I have 15 questions (laughs) before me that I'm going to lay it out to you. You guys can't hide behind the internet. I'm going to be watching at least two of you. Okay, right, right. You'll have to answer them. Uh, You can drill us, but know that we are deep wells. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Question number one. I'm not going to say numbers because you'll edit some out. First question. Are iPhones with Bible apps any more holy than regular iPhones, and how should this affect how we treat them? Mm, excellent question, my son. Thank you. <laughs> Dave? <laughs> okay, two, one. Can, can your phone get the Bible, Dave? Uh, my phone is not capable of getting the Bible app. I think I would say treat it like any other phone. Of course, don't have an iPhone. So, uh, hmm, you know, hmm, shoot, speak. I have the I have a, a Bible. I think I have Bible Gateway or something like that. Something malfunctioned on it, so I only get the Greek New Testament. <laughs> so technically, my phone is the holiest of all iPhones Ooh. because it has the Greek New <laughs> oh Testament my. on there. I would say the Bible app has been the greatest gift to my phone because when I'm especially bored in sermons. I can look at my phone and everyone assumes I'm on the Bible app. Do people actually assume that? I don't know if I assume that. It's really easy to tell. I I think, yeah, if they have a smile on their face, they're not not looking at the Bible app. All right, next question. Um, When I was a child, I remember asking my parents if God could read my mind. And they said yes. And then I asked if Satan could read my mind. Mm. And then they said no for that one. 
um, this caused me to say my prayers for like a month, like in my head. Yeah. So yeah. that the devil couldn't hear um, what I was praying, and then me and God would have our secret plans. Um, right. <laughs> I would like you just to, to re ask you the same two questions and ask if it's, this is a viable way of praying. Huh. Pastor Jack? Well, in my experience with spiritual power, I don't want to. <laughs> Bad way to start. You know, Brother Trevor, I would give the short same answer as your parents. Good shout out to John and Joyce, <laughs> raising me theological. I love the idea behind it. Like, my prayers are so secret and so powerful. I'm not uh, even letting the devil take a whiff of them. Right. Oh, that's like like Craig McKellar used to do a thing where if he read his Bible, he would like you know high five God and be like, "Take that, Satan." He was he was into that. Huh. Would you trade the Book of Philemon? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. Two. Would you trade the Book of Philemon for a book about the dispute? Of the body of Moses between the angel Michael and Satan, outlined in Jude. Definitely. Don't we have that? What? No, we don't. Well, it's not in the Bible, but we have that. Wait, do we? Yeah. Are you serious? <laughs> I think we got that one, man. Okay. Can we still get rid of Philemon, though? Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I've, like, given so many rants on what on earth Philemon <laughs> can possibly be any good for. Okay, but we have like a document from the first century um, or from the early second that says Bishop Onesimus, and people think it's the runaway slave from Philemon that it's referring to. And if that's true, then it's pretty sick that a runaway slave in the Bible became a, a bishop. Yes, that would be sick if that was true. <laughs> <laughs> huh. And does Third John have that? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> All right, <laughs> next question. An old brethren scientist comes to you and gives you the keys to his brethren time machine. He says that it only has enough juice left to make it one more round trip into the past and back. So he wants you to go back and share the gospel with a single person. And that person will presumably become a brethren and affect history in some way. Who do you go back to? It's a great question. I don't know how to answer it based on what my certain theological beliefs are also putting that aside what it, like what is time is it <laughs> and time travel how does it work I'm not doing this right now and then i thought you know like in all honesty what i've wanted a time machine for is just to go back and there's people that i i know them in like junior high and high school that i should have witnessed to oh, better oh you made this personal yeah Oh, my. That's deep. So that's what I would do. <laughs> All right. Huh? Dave, Dave picked someone from junior high. <laughs> I picked Gavriel Princip. Wait, wait, wait. I got to think. Were they in your junior high? <laughs> <laughs> Is that the Serbian assassin who started World War One? Bingo. Yeah. I single-handedly wow. divert World War One, save countless lives in a pointless war, and... Uh, he has a Probably great testimony about II, how he too. had the gun. He was looking right, at right. Franz Ferdinand, and then an angel came to him, or <laughs> I came to him, and he dropped the gun. An angel in the form of Trevor. <laughs> yeah. Good choice. Tanner, do you have a, a pick? Instead of for a round trip, I would take two one-way trips in order to share the gospel with two people <laughs> and sacrificing my own Boo. return. <laughs> <laughs> 
Okay, who are your two people? <laughs> bow, bow before my brother answer. Yeah, you're so humble. There's so many anachronisms that come into play here, and which is why I would I would pick Genghis Khan Ooh. because and so this comes to Dave's answer about like a political. But then you would never exist. That might be true. <laughs> Which would be okay. Like a quarter of the world's population is like his children because he <laughs> yeah, was yeah, yeah. promiscuous. Yeah. If he was never promiscuous, you would disappear from the photo like Back to the Future. But do so you... this is why poorly laid out time travel uh, rules. But the reason I pick Genghis Khan is because it is has that sacrificial element to it. Because a lot of us probably wouldn't be alive, but that would mean you would save millions of lives. All right. <clears throat> Next question. Mom, dad... Where do brethrens come from? Um, I would like a Reformation, tell today, history of the brethren movement, oh with maybe goodness. a few biographies of the most famous and infamous brethrens. You know, this is funny, guys. I have been tinkering in my free time on a little screenplay. Ooh. It's just the first ideas. It's the first draft. But I would let us read it on the podcast if you guys were interested in, in learning about the history of the brethren. Well, and in podcast terms, this is called an exclusive. That's what Dave calls everything. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know if you guys want to like bring that up on your screen. Like I, I sent you an email. Oh, oh, I just got it. Oh boy. Oh, what? Early Church, Jerusalem. John, now that Jesus has returned to heaven, we shall perfectly preserve all his teachings for future generations. Yes, Paul, and we shall meet regularly to break bread listen to the apostles' teaching, and for prayer. And there will be no grand hierarchy, but a group of men that shall lead the church as elders, following the same manner as the apostles. But, but I'm a woman and an apostle. Shouldn't women be included in leadership? Hush, Junia. No one wants to hear from you now. Make a note for later generations to change your name to a man's name, Junius, so that no one will know that females used to lead churches. But as I was saying, <laughs> the true brethren teaching shall forevermore lead us in, in the imitation of Jesus Christ. Amen. But the scholarly consensus. Avast ye, I am Peter. And even though Jesus was referring to my confession of faith when he said that on this rock I will build my church, I will henceforth interpret that as a sign that I shall be Pope over all Christendom with ultimate power. Peter, you've gone mad. What about the brethren dream we had? Forget it. It's too holy and perfect for me. Now everyone shall follow my devious plotting for centuries to come. No! 1,500 years later, Central Europe. I, Martin Luther, believe the church should return to the vision of the early church without all these dastardly rituals and superstitions. What say you, Ur Earl Ch Zig <laughs> Zigwilly. <laughs> so does that mean that we will regularly break bread as a symbol of Jesus' sacrifice and be led by a group of spirit-inspired Christians who share all authority and follow God's will? Heavens no. That sounds too hard. <laughs> we need to keep in a bunch of magical stuff. Oh, look. Here comes Henry VIII, King of England. Martin, wait. So if I become Protestant, I can keep a bunch of the magical superstition and marry my six wives? For show, King Dude. 300 years later in England. I love my partly biblical church, especially all the superstition and weird stuff we keep doing that isn't in the Bible. How about you, John Darby? 
I must follow Christ and return the world to the one true church. I shall call it the Plymouth Brethren. After the town of England, I am standing in right now. I will follow your example, but not quite as well. So I will call my group the Baptists. <laughs> the end. Oh, wow. That was something. You've learned all of church history, my friend. Thanks, Tanner. <laughs> <laughs> all right, next question. Um, when I was working at a Christian youth center, a guy came in with like a stack of booklets and gave one to me. He said it was a list of all the Christian businesses in Edmonton. And I was really confused and asked him what it was for. And he said, like, well, if you've got to use a mechanic or a dentist or something, wouldn't you want it to be a Christian? And I said, I, I don't know. Then he looked weird at me. Then I looked weird at him. And then he said goodbye and left. And it left a really weird taste in my mouth. And, like, wondered if there's this weird, like, group of Christians all, like, relying on each other for services, kind of like the Freemasons mm. or something. I don't know. It felt weird, and it still feels weird. I want to know your guys' opinions on it. In Scripture, I think... I think there is sort of this weird, not often talked about, like, you're part of a group that takes care of each other more, almost, than it takes care of the world. It's kind of weird. Sure. It's like the idea of, there there are verses that are like, yeah, love your neighbor, and definitely love your Christian brother, or stuff like that. That's So, Galatians 6.10 is that... When we have opportunity, let us do good to everyone, and especially to those who are of the household of faith. Yeah, there would be it'd be stuff like that. The thing with what you said, Dave, about like um, loving like Christians more than other people, but like when there's money changing hands, it feels different. It's not just like loving; yeah. it's like yeah. giving my business to this person. No, I was just saying like those are probably the ideas that's yeah. that these things stem from. Hmm. I don't know. No, that's fair. My problem with it is there's a big assumption on mm-hmm. we have a shared understanding of what it means to be Christian. And that, like, not only can you use it as a means to get, yeah, of course I'm a Christian. Like, I go to church at Christmas and Easter. And so, yeah, you should take my business. And I'm like, that does defames the name just as much as someone that says that they are a Christian and does shoddy workmanship and doesn't show up on time and is not like someone that does have those qualities where they show that they love their job. Yeah, I, 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 I think I have more problems with it than not. And, and talking about, speaking to Galatians 6.10 that Tanner pointed out, but especially helping your brothers and sisters, I just think that all the Christians in the first century were wicked poor <laughs> and that they just needed to help each other and to survive and to like just be together and to keep going because they were the only ones that took in widows. And when you're sharing a pot full of food with people, taking care of very poor people, then you have to give a really great amount over to them and spend a lot of time and money on them. We're living in a, in a different culture, and I think that there, there might be a good form of witnessing that can happen by hiring outside of your, of your Christian stream. There's two things in my mind. One, my church has had a conversation for the last six months about sponsoring a refugee family, and one of the conversations that we had was should we, if we were able to specifically ask for a Christian refugee family, should we prioritize that? Oh. Because we're supposed to do the most, you know, good to all, but most good to the children of the household of faith. That so is interesting. Like, oh, well, they are wicked, poor, and in danger. If I have limited resources, should I spend it on Christians first? What do you guys think about that? My, need, my ahead, knee-jerk Trevor. reaction is just, like, just to say, 
sponsor the non-Christian first because mm. like they need more. And like maybe that small push of like, oh, this church in at Canada like gave you this money so you can come here. Maybe that's just like another like little witness. I, I would never think of putting the Christian family first. Mm. Yeah. But that's just not based on Bible. And that's sort of the way people, a few people in the group reacted was like, well, what do you mean? Like that seems so insane. But I do think there's something weird in the Bible, like Dave says, that I really have not picked up on growing up. But like it's there that you should take care of Christians more, even though you take care of everybody. So like if there's two poor people on the street, hopefully you have the resources to help both. But if you don't, how do you choose between them? There seems to be some idea that you choose the Christian which is really strange and it feels like wrong, but I think it's there. I, I've never been able to work that out in practice, but there's something to it. Sweet. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That, was a good, that was a good conversation, Trevor. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> that precipitated good things. I'd love to have a whole podcast on that. That's cool. All right, ready for a bad conversation? You bet. <laughs> um, <laughs> keeping all that in mind, what business would you like most likely to be investing in for profit reasons alone? You got a Christian tattoo parlor, a Christian acoustic guitar shop, and a Christian laser tag center. <laughs> laser tag. Definitely laser tag. Like, not just because you want to play laser tag? Well, you think that'll bring in the most money? Oh, most money? The tattoo parlor would. I th- Easily. What was the second one? <laughs> acoustic guitar shop. Would do the best? <laughs> yeah, the first one. The first one. Yeah. Yeah, there's so much money in tattoo making. Mm. Well, laser tags get that youth group, sweet, sweet youth group budget money. <laughs> yeah, but but Trevor's question is that which one makes more profit, right? Profit. So it wouldn't be. I know. Wouldn't be. I'm the, saying like youth groups pave through the nose to have something to do on a Friday night. Yeah, they wouldn't even have to open any other day of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Just open from Friday. And then the second one is acoustic guitar. Yeah, I mean, that's big if you're near like a Christian college. Everybody wants to strum them as they walk around campus. See, I, I feel like the guitar and the tattoo parlor is a hit or miss. Like, there will be businesses of those that do well in the city, and there will be some that are just scraping by. Whereas, like, the laser tag in Edmonton is going to be doing Have well. you checked some of our brother and brother and sister's ankles recently? <laughs> I know we're not supposed to. Wait, what, what part of the body? But there's there's always something there. Ankles. Tattoos oh. are just kind of a new. They're they're hip. They're cool now, and so you just gotta make 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 hay while the sun shines. The you know. Sun is shining. If you had like a dual tattoo shop where like the people who become Christians later in life can remove their tattoos as they get convicted. <laughs> That's pretty. And then the Christians who grew up in the church can get tattoos to be rebellious. And like you could have that like back and forth kind of thing going on. Oh, I think that's that very could work good. out nicely. Tanner, you, this is a great business model. You're in the wrong oh, program. I think that takes it definitely. We can all agree. <laughs> Tanner's circle of apostasy, apostasy of tattoos. Hey, <laughs> <clears throat> right, listen, guys, this is uh, this is an important one. Sometimes you guys disagree with each other, as listeners would know. <laughs> And it's hard to tell which one of you is uh, telling the truth and which one of you are liars. So I've devised a plan to set things straight once for all and see who we should listen to. It's the Bread Olympics. (laughs) All right. uh, Event one. Who brought the most friends to youth group? Dave? Not me. 
How, I, I well, remember. okay. I had a cons- I brought a friend like from junior high all the way through the end consistently. Wow. Yeah. Okay, so one. <laughs> yeah. All right. I'm, we yeah. have one. For I'm, Dave not, Short. I'm not going to be winning this thing. Jackson? I kind of nullified this question because I wasn't a part of a youth group until grade twelve. And how many? Uh one. This all goes right. back to why I want to go back to junior high in my time machine. <laughs> uh, see, Tanner, uh, you got a not much competition so far. <laughs> I won a fishing rod in Awana for being a fisher of men. And <laughs> no, this is youth group. This isn't Awana. Or is it, Trevor? Uh, I'm going to nullify I feel like that answer is good enough. <laughs> Did you bring uh, any friends to youth group, Tanner, though? Uh, maybe a couple, but not many. No. All right. More than one, we're going to say? Yeah, that's uh, Yeah, more than one. Okay. Tanner's going to take the gold medal. You guys can share the silver. <laughs> okay. Okay. <clears throat> Event two. Who had the coldest water in their baptism? <laughs> I don't think mine was Ooh. cold. Uh, it was it was pretty cold. It wasn't the coldest water I've been in, but it would have probably made the top 10 cold waters that I've been in. We talking river, talking just above a river. Yeah. Like no, where were you actually? Oh, in West Coastal Chapel. <laughs> oh, in the <laughs> in baptismal the, tank. Yeah, it was, it was one of the top 10 coldest. Yeah, it was really cold. Wow. Was, they, really wait, wait. Really the West Lock one? Yeah. Yeah. That's where I got baptized. Mm. Oh, Trevor, how's Capilano's? Oh, it's toasty. <laughs> it is. It is fine. <laughs> I hate that I like, want to win this game so like bad. More, like it's above room temperature. I'd say it's nice. Okay. Um. Okay. So, Tanner and Jackson, you both. Oh wait, I was baptized as a baby, and it was probably pretty cold. So. Well, that makes no, you you're, from the yeah, brother. Yeah, yeah, you're definitely. <laughs> well, actually, average. no, no, no. That makes him the most brethren because he technically was. Anabaptize. He was baptized again, so Tanner wins this round. I'm going to say the, the, the cold water. You get, so you got the cold water of that, but then the warm water. or the, the, Yeah, so I'm going to say Jackson wins. Yeah, I, I oh. feel good about yeah, that. Yeah, because like the water ah. like would probably bring up the average temperature of the water. Oh, okay. So we like got Jackson sprinkling, at the point right? and Tanner at the point. Going to the third and final event, uh, obviously it's going to be a sword drill. Okay, uh, I got my Bible on Tanner, my iPhone. Have, I'm ready. Okay, I was going to ask, do you have Bibles where you are? <clears throat> All right, I'm going to give you both a Bible here. Okay, we'll test this Bible on iPhone theory that you had. See if I could beat them. <laughs> Wait, what? All right, so uh, I'm going to go over the rules again. Hold by the spine. <laughs> spine. No fingers on the pages. Tanner, you're in another province. We kind of have to just uh, believe you. Are you going to say charge? Yes. Are you going to say stand up and read, just yeah, start once, reading? Yeah. Just stand so up Tanner, and start reading. Tanner, you ready? I want you. Yeah, you need to repeat the Bible verse after me. We know how to play, Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremiah. I can't stand up very well. Jeremiah four fifteen. Jeremiah four fifteen. Charge. This isn't my Bible. <laughs> Jackson's up. All right. What? It's for a voice th- declares from Dan and Got proclaims it. trouble from Mount Ephraim. Thank you, Jackson. I was on Jeremiah 6 so fast, and then the pages were sticky. <laughs> Tanner, any other excuse from you? I got killed. Embarrassing. All right. That's what you get for using an iPhone Bible, Tanner. Yeah. That was the Breath Olymp- Olympics. Jackson O'Brien's your winner. Listen. Coming out on top. I just, I just feel good about a non-Tanner victory. <laughs> I really thought I was going to go there. Yeah. I was nervous, too. Uh, what age did you have the most doubt about Christianity? Uh, I think it was 17. Although, like, some 
come up, but like the most concentrated amount was when I was 17 for a litany of reasons. Like the thing I wanted to do things that within the Christian faith I didn't want to do. So it was like a, a, a sin thing. I don't want to be a Christian because I want pleasure in a different area of my life. And then it was also like coupled with God probably doesn't exist because I don't hear him right now. And you know, other hmm. factors in life that, uh, Probably made yet yeah, seventeen. I think I'm still mulling over how best to answer this question. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Dave's like doubt. <laughs> <laughs> That's not in our brethren dictionary. Like not thinking all your opinions are firm. <laughs> That's actually very near the answer. I'm Whoa, trying to word out. Incredible, uh, for real. If you define doubt as like questioning the like mental beliefs, like. I've never really gone through a phase. My problem has always been and continues to be just because I have always been like, yeah, I think it makes the most sense that there's a God and that the Bible. Yeah. I, I think it's right. Doesn't mean that I follow it at all. Mm-hmm. Just and apathy. I, then. And like, do I like this more than I like the Oilers? Do I like this more than I like? <laughs> I never had that problem. This like, animates your life actually. Right. right? This like, is going through your brain. I, that, yeah so well so no i'd say that's not doubt ever that's pretty cool for you hmm. trev uh, t- tanner trev hey tanner no oh, he you wants... gotta give yours oh yeah, you gotta give oh yours, it'd so. be right now for sure yeah oh yeah i've never thought deeply enough about things or like it's been an ever-increasing like thinking deeply and an ever-increasing doubts ever since i was got out of bible school i guess hmm. yeah and, and it's like okay so uh, I I know a lot of older people. A lot of older people have gone through college, gone through the young adult life, stuff like that. And uh, I thought I would be like immune to the whole you start doubting Christianity once you go to college thing because I knew of it. I was self-aware and that must make <laughs> me impervious to it. Right, totally. But I'm not and that's a weird thing. Mm-hmm. This For the same like um, cliche reasons anyone is. Oh, you're learning all about philosophy and about sociology and about yeah, yeah. all that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, How about you, Tanner? Yeah, I'll I'll say twenty five. Hmm. Yeah. How old are you right now? He's twenty five. Twenty five. <laughs> <laughs> and he's for and, everyone else. And he's doing a master's degree <laughs> in I'll Old say. Testament. So that's interesting. Wow, guys, I have ex- I have used all of my questions. All fifteen. All fifteen. <laughs> and guess what, Trev? What is what's up, Tanner? It's our turn. It's time for the Brethren Inquisition. <laughs> <laughs> Too soon, no, too no soon. one ever expects the Brethren <laughs> Trevor, are you ready? Um, yes. In the breaking of the bread service, do you only grab from the fluffy center of the bread like a selfish dirt bag? <laughs> <laughs> um, in my adolescence, when I was growing up, probably around like 15 or 16, I started grabbing the crust, but not because I was like leaving the soft stuff for other people. I just wanted the crust. Hmm. Mm, okay, well, it's acceptable. <laughs> Have you ever taken the communion cup in the direct center of the plate, exhibiting the very pride which caused Satan to fall into the lowest hell? Trick question, Capilano rarely puts it in the middle. <laughs> <laughs> to keep us from pride. <laughs> uh, actually, I've never have. I've, I've actually just assumed it hasn't because I never saw it in the middle. Hmm. But uh, no, I've never taken it from the middle. Have you ever spoken in communion and confessed a sin 
that was more specific than a vague struggle. Ooh. I think I, it's like a half dozen times I've spoken. I can remember them all clearly because they were very traumatic. Hmm. I'm going to say no. Good, Only good. Sense. Only vague yeah, struggles. Good, good. Keep, keep to that. Don't... Uh... Yeah. <laughs> we don't want to actually confess anything real. Good. The final question to examine your conscience. Have you ever disliked the taste of the communion bread or liked it too much both are sins <laughs> uh negative on both accounts it's always been perfectly bland perfectly bland excellent you have passed the brethren inquisition <laughs> cool 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 ultra cool trevor cool, cool, cool. it's been the sweetest having you here oh it's been good i liked it yeah, thanks, man. That was fun. Yeah, good job. Uh, yeah, I don't think we have any listener mail this week, but I had one of my classmates look up the podcast and listen to two, which was very really? exciting. And he was really nice about it. So that was awesome. He listened to the one with Chris Lance, and he loved it. Good, good. That was awesome. So I'm going to shout out him because he's awesome. Go to Smith. One L in Al. Of course, there's one L in Al. Okay. AlSmith.org. But he's got some sick music on there. He is a uke master. So Mm. shout out to you. All right. I am Tanner Haas. I'm David Short. I'm Jackson O'Brien. I'm Trevor Buck. And we will see you next time. (laughs) 